With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Preview. I am Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joining me as always, Deputy Dave Schofield, Brian Anthony Davis, Executive Draft. Wow, his name, if you're watching live on YouTube, his name changes every week. It gets more and more grand. He is now the Executive Draft King. We're going to talk about that in a second. I'm going to kind of bypass the introductions because we have a lot of stuff to talk about prior to getting to the thick of things. First and foremost, if you're aware of what's going on in the NFL, next week, The Steelers preview is going to be morphing. Next week is the first round of the NFL draft. We are going to be doing something very special. That was once upon a time, not too long ago, we had talked about having a big draft party in person here in Western Maryland. Clearly, COVID-19 had different plans. Therefore, we are going to do a watch party next week with you, our YouTube family, where basically what you're going to do is we're going to watch the first round with you. And we're going to talk about the picks. We might predict who's going to go. Um, we might spoil some picks for you because I love doing that. I don't know why. I've always loved doing that. Watching Twitter and they announce who gets picked beforehand and you tell everyone who gets picked. But still, that's going to be next week. So next week, it's not going to be your standard three-person show. Maybe we'll get Lance in here. Maybe we won't. And we'll give you some details on that next week. Also, coming up on Monday, the Steelers Q&A. Brian Anthony Davis, you did. He did a mock draft this past week. He's doing another one this upcoming Monday, but he needs your help. Brian, go ahead and give us the rundown as I put your uh, email address up here on the screen. All right, it's your show, and you get to draft. You get to be the GM. So we're gonna have thirty-two, actually thirty-three spots, thirty-three spots for the first round of the draft and the Steelers pick. We're going to pick them out of a hat. We just need to get all spots filled. Currently, we have five spots remaining, so only the next five people that go ahead and put into this email, davis 8889 at gmail.com, will go ahead and get in. We, uh, Like I said, we have uh, 28 spots filled already, so uh, we're really excited to go ahead and do this. Now, here's the catch, though. You have to be able to be available for the Steeler Q&A at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday, April 20th, because that's when we're going to do it. So I'm hoping to get uh, everything out to you already, and uh, we'll go ahead and do that um, as soon as we get to uh, 33. So I'm uh, I'm seeing here that Michael O'Malley, he tried to email. He's electronically challenged. I tell you what, Michael... <laughs> Be there. I'm writing your name down. You're in. We've got four spots. So um, with that being said, go ahead and get into us and we'll take it. We'll we'll get it taken care of. 
All right. So then the email is on the screen. If you're listening in audio platform, it's badavis8889 at gmail.com. Again, badavis8889 at gmail.com. Um, because our podcasts have been being pushed out closer to noon, there's a good chance these spots will be filled by the time we get this podcast out to our audio platforms. But nonetheless, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It should be exciting. The lead up to the draft is here. Deputy Dave, you're with us. What do you think? What's going on? How are you feeling coming up into the draft week? I feel like I totally screwed up Tuesday and didn't realize that Bad had three eights in his email. I think I only did two. <laughs> so if anyone tried to do it from the Stat Geek show, yeah, you got to try again. Um, well, we're uh, down to three you, spots now. Okay. Hey, I was going to say, did you did you respond to people and let them know that you got yes. it and they were in? Or very yes. good. Yes, everybody good. that I am has great. Put, everybody has put in knows that they're in. So uh, there you go. We have, uh, we're down to three spots and looks like if we're, uh, as soon as we're done, I'm going to go ahead and do the draft. I have Steeler, I have NFL poker chips, so I'm putting them all in the hat and uh, I'll add two extra for uh, Miami, one extra for the Raiders and so on and so forth. And we'll just go ahead and pick them out. I'll tape it. I'll, uh, excuse me, I'll video it just so everybody can see it. But uh, it's really exciting. I, I can't wait to see this done. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. And so we will be with you. This is a big week for the site. It's a big week for the National Football League. Um, I think we should just be really, really stoked. And I know that's like a, a bro-ish term to use is stoked. We should be really excited that there is a draft going on, even if it's virtual. Even if Wang Harbs is going to complain about hackers hacking into his system and taking long snappers in the first round, we all should be super excited that this week it's not about anything with the coronavirus and COVID-19, whatever you want to call it. It is about the NFL draft. It's Christmas day for Steeler fans and it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So we're going to be there with you every step of the way. But before we do that, we have the headline for tonight's show. And the headline for tonight's show is what is the best case scenario for the Pittsburgh Steelers in this 2020 draft? Not with their top pick in the second round, pick number 49, just overall their best case scenario. Now, before we get to the guys' uh, thoughts and opinions on this topic, and by all means, if you're watching in the live chat, fire away. Let me know what, you, what your best case scenario would be. Pro Football Focus, they gave their best case scenario. I wrote this article earlier in the week. And they said that the best case scenario for the Steelers would be to add depth along the offensive line. And it wasn't just interior. It was all across the board. And they mentioned how their players are getting older. They could use, they lost players like BJ Finney, Matt Filers, the youngest player, and they're trying to move him around. Wisniewski is not young by any stretch of the imagination. That's their best case scenario for the Steelers. But I want to get what your take is. Deputy Dave, we'll start with you. What is your best case scenario for the Steelers in the 2020 draft. Okay. While you were talking, I changed mine three times <laughs> because, <laughs> <laughs> because of various things, because my first instinct was going to be the best case scenario was that the Steelers will be flying in their pick really fast every time it's their turn, because it's going to be so obvious that somebody's there that they didn't expect and they can get, and they can grab them. That would be a really good case scenario. But if you're talking about what they come out of things with positionally, I I'm actually going to say this. The best case scenario is that the Steelers have to ask questions about these rookies actually having a chance to compete for a starting role, 
right now we're thinking that the Steelers are going to be drafting guys for depth, guys for the future because they got older guys on the offensive line, but they're set with their, you know, we have a pretty good idea who the starters are, especially on defense, you know, although we don't know what their Steelers, what their, not they don't have an answer, but what they specifically have is their plan at nose tackle. We're not exactly sure what that is. But other than that, they have a lot of a lot of starters, and we're looking for depth pieces. But if the Steelers have such a good draft that you're like, now wait a second, this guy could actually come in and bump off somebody else in in order to take that spot on the depth chart. That's a good thing. So if you're talking about their rookies, none of them need to start right now. There's not a position out there that they have to have a rookie start. But if you're talking about having rookies fighting for starting jobs, that means the Steelers had a really good draft. It's a good point. What about you, Brian? What are your thoughts on that? You know what? I am, I've changed this a few times over the last few weeks. I'm starting to think more and more that a uh, top flight running back, if one of the big ones is there and falls to him, that might be the best case scenario. Um, so I'm looking at J.K. Dobbins. If J.K. Dobbins drops, I say you just grab him. And that would be the best case scenario. I think that uh, kind of I kind of agree with it. both I mean, Dave and Brian are both I, I agree with what you're saying. I think the best case scenario is that they're able to find multiple playmakers early in the draft. So we're talking, guys. Correct me if I'm wrong. Day two is rounds two and three. Yes. Yes. Okay. So like day two, they get two players that are considered players that could come in and make an impact right away. Might not be as a full-time starter. Maybe it is a J.K. Dobbins in the second round who could spell James Conner, or maybe he makes his own niche in the offense. Um, Maybe it's a wide receiver. Maybe it's a safety that can come in and be that hybrid safety defensive back that that they pretty much need, and we'll talk about that uh, a little bit today as we highlight and preview the defensive backs here on the show a little bit later on. I think that's the best-case scenario. Um, I didn't agree with what pro football focus said. And I normally kind of do agree with them. I'll I'll say that. I I don't think that just coming away with offensive line depth is considered a best case scenario. When we're talking a best case scenario, we're talking about this is the best possible thing that could happen for your team. And if they come away with nothing more than just quality depth, I don't think that's the best case scenario. I'm not saying I'm going to be upset if that happens. I just don't think it's going to be a best case scenario. Does that make sense to you guys? Did I word that well enough? No, I like that. Okay. So let's talk about positionally. We're a week away. If you were to just pick a position that you think they're going to go with, Brian, I think you just kind of did say yours. Would you say if you were to predict not the pick, but the position that they're going to target. You going to go with running back? You going somewhere else? No, I'm not going with running back. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. I am. Uh, I'm predicting an edge rusher. Okay. What about you, Dave? Same. I think it's See, I, both of you thinking because, edge. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm. I'm working on an article. It's funny because Tony had one today about how the Steelers should. You know, he's starting to think that they need to take a running back. I had something I'd been working on myself that now it seems like a rebuttal. Like I'm doing point counterpoint in, in place That's of okay. Brian. That okay. the last thing I want is the Steelers to feel like they have to take a certain position. That's the worst right. case scenario for them. I mean, bad things happened when they did that in 2016, you know, and now some people might argue, well, that's what they did last year. They need, they, they keyed in on inside linebacker. No, they keyed in on a player and they went and got that player. If they would have just keyed on that position, they would have reached at their pick when all the guys they wanted were gone. And that's what we don't want to have happen. 
for get keyed in on a position. And what I think is even shocking is that so many people are thinking they need to key in on offense. That's why I think it's going to be, it's going to catch people off guard. And some fans are going to be upset that if the best player available is on defense and that's going to make a difference, I think the, I think the Steelers should grab them. Now there's um, someone in the live chat. I, I think they're, I, th- I think they're going to go defense. <laughs> And I think mm-hmm. there's going to be a complete upheaval yep. among Steeler fans and they're going to completely melt down, but I could see them definitely going. And James, uh, Cowboy says, I can't, I don't know how to say this. The Michigan linebacker, um, U C H E is how you spell. How do you say that name? Is that I think it's Uche. Uche, Uche or Uchi. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, sounds like something Uchi. I, I like Charles would say Uchi Uchi Uchi, Uchi, um, yeah. Uchi way down. God, can you imagine the Yinzer Uchi. with Uchi? <laughs> you know, I've been downtown to Heinz Field and saw Uchi play. Like, Man, that guy's like, tough in that. But I like that it's guy. So funny. I don't know if he's a because, second round top pick, but he's that hybrid player. He's that player that I think could. Heck, he played edge and he played inside. That that's best case scenario if you ask me. Kill two birds with one stone. Uh, I like what Dennis said. Just say Ugg. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to say his name, yeah. um, but I, I like I like that type of player. I, I think that would be a good pick. But I could see them going defense in a multitude of positions. I, I they take a safety, uh, one of those bigger safeties, bigger body safeties. Think of like a Morgan Burnett type. I'd be fine with that too because that guy's yeah. probably going to play. So I don't know. Shocking. We'll like I said in one of my mock drafts. I actually ended up because one fell, which I don't think is going to fall for real. That I actually one mock draft had the Steelers taking an inside linebacker, and some people would be like, "Why would you draft that as your top draft pick two years in a row?" Do you want to know why you do? Because if there's someone there that you never would have expected to be there at 49, and it's a position that that you know that they're going to see the field at least some a little bit, you take them. You know that that's what you do. Yeah. Kevin Johnson gives us $9.99 in the tip chart. We really appreciate that, Kevin. And he says, hello, BTSC family. Looking forward to doing the draft of the King on Monday. Dad, I cannot pull any AFC North other than the black and gold, please. That's going to be tough. You're going to have to give people the Ravens or the Bengals. Well, Bengals would be easy. If you pull, if you pick the Bengals, it's kind of like, a, I'm done. <laughs> I'll say just, you know what? I you, had are, you, are you prefacing it with you got to be legitimate? Like you're not going to have the Bengals yeah. take a kicker. Okay. Yeah, I, I have all veto ability, and I already because I had to tell Tony the other day on the show. I'm like veto Mankin. You cannot give the Patriots a punter. You know, I mean, <laughs> it, uh, or the Ravens. I mean, because he was picking for both of those teams. And I was like, you know, just, you know, you can't do that. I mean, it would be fun. We're not going to have trades either. And just, just because it would be way too confusing for the platform that we have. Uh, we could talk about, you know, I think this pick might be traded, but if they're staying here, this is who they're going with. So, you know, that's what we're going to do. And I just want to throw in something because I was just joking about Tony wanting to pick a punter. Uh, Dave, be careful with any Tony headline because Every day is April Fool's Day when Tony writes an article. You never know. <laughs> no, I actually read the article last night because <laughs> yes. I'm like, wait a second. This is the exact opposite of what I was going to write for tomorrow. Now I can't write this because Tony did the other thing. I'm like, I'll save it for the next day. So, but no, I it, it, I understand where he's coming from, but people still think I'm the anti-running back guy. I'm not. I'm so many people were screaming running back, running back, running back. And first of all, I don't see it. 
There was a major flaw in Tony's article. He says there's no obvious backup to James Conner. I'm going to say there might, I said, you might be right because I actually see some people thinking Benny Snell Jr. could actually challenge Conner for the number one role. That that's why they don't have a backup is because they actually have two. You'd be hmm. surprised, you know, but seriously, the numbers back up that Benny Snell is a solid backup at least. So to say they don't have one, I think is kind of ridiculous. But anyway, back to the whole point. To, to, to lock in on one position gives you Artie Burns. That's what it does. To say the Steelers got to go running back, next thing you know, all the all the guys that you think you wanted to take are gone, and you end up reaching. Don't, don't do it. Fans, please don't get locked in on one position. And like I said um, on the Stat Geek Q&A Tuesday, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to with the draft is I finally want to know who I can fall in love with and not be disappointed. Because to fall in love with any one guy right now, and then next thing you know, they're wearing that, that, those, that ridiculous orange color in the from Northeast Ohio or something like that of someone that I'd so wanted to be a stealer. It's just frustrating. I, I don't want to fall in love with anybody until I know that they're going to be a stealer. And then that way I know that they can be our guy. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The more I think about it, the more I think that next Thursday is going to be really cool for our show. Um, A lot of people might think like, oh my gosh, you know, I view it this way. Would you rather tune in to our channel and watch the draft with us with your televisions on mute so you don't hear the talking heads? Or would you rather listen to the idiots on ESPN or NFL Network spout off about just dumb stuff? I I can't speak for anyone else, but I'd rather sit here with Steeler fans and watch. You know, and so I think that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a watch party. I, I don't, you're not going to hear me. Trust me. You're not going to hear me or Lance give expert analysis on the draft. It's all <laughs> going to be reaction. It's going to be, they took who, what, what, really? That's it's what it's going to be. It's going to be a lot of fun. I definitely hope that you all mark your calendars to tune in. I think it starts at eight o'clock. We will be live at eight o'clock to probably see the Cincinnati bungles take Edward small hands, Joe Burrow in the first <laughs> overall pick Edward from small LSU. <laughs> first thing that came to mind. First thing <laughs> that came to mind. And then, and then, uh, then for, for pick five, they're going to trade him. You know, we're going to go back to the old yeah. 2000. I do think, I do think there's going to be some trades oh, going on. It. And I think trades are a lot of fun. I think they're exciting, except when the Steelers are involved. And so Dave and I are going to have to be, we might disappear for a bit if we have to write some articles, but for the first round is what we're going to do. Now, the second round, in case I saw someone ask, what about the other rounds Um, and the other rounds, we're going to give a reactionary show to the pick and then we'll do a wrap up at the end. So um, let's say in the second round, they take JK Dobbins. We'll hop on. We'll do about 30 minutes, maybe about the pick. Yeah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Uh, Yes. I just yada, yada, an NFL draft pick. And then, 
after the third round pick, we'll kind of get on and recap day two and stuff like that. So there you have it. That's what's coming up. I'm excited. The NFL draft is an exciting time, but we have to preview our very last position group. We had two weeks, really, but we crammed them all into one and decided to do defensive backs, not just cornerbacks, not just safeties. We wrapped them all up into one craziness because the Steelers signed four players today. I don't even know how many people they have on their roster anymore. Um, they just keep adding XFL guys. Three of these four were former XFL athletes. I think that takes their number to seven. I feel very comfortable in saying they probably have the most XFL players on their roster. Eight now. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I haven't seen, I haven't seen any other NFL team signing this many XFL players than Pittsburgh. Is that good or bad? I don't know, but two of them were defensive backs. So Take that for what's worth. If you're asking me about them, ask Dave. Dave, you wrote that section of the article. What did they get today? <laughs> two offensive yeah, I, linemen, I, right? A center, well, a tackle, yeah, and then two a defensive center, backs. A, a center, a tackle, and two defensive backs. I don't know for sure if they were corners or safeties. It might be guys that could play either one of them. One of them, and I can't – oh, my gosh, I can't remember the names. Um, the What was the one? Sparks? I he was know. the one that was the XFL. It was the other guy that actually played – he played with Jacksonville. He played 11 games with Jacksonville last year, started two games. They moved him to the practice squad with like four games to go. And with for the last game of the season, the Redskins poached him and had him for the for the last week of the season and then signed him to a futures contract. And then they just released him not even a month ago. And that's who the Steelers picked up. Uh, I really wish I could remember the name right now, but I can't. I'm really sorry. Um, there was four players. It's hard to remember yeah. all those names. You know, so, that's a kind of guy, though, that, you know, he's starting experience in the NFL. He started two games. He got poached for a reason, plays in the XFL. You know, that's a guy that you might be talking about uh, late in August. Borders. Sorry. It's true. Breon Borders. It? Yes. Yep. Borders yeah. was the one who played for the for the Jaguars, and it was Springs that, play, that was the XFL um, defensive back. Thank you very I, much, James Kelbaugh. Yeah, Kelba. you're <laughs> beyond borders. So, hey, they, they picked four. It's really rare, and I've been doing this for a long time, that the Steelers will announce, and we signed four players today. They might pair them together, <laughs> but it's rare that they say, and four players are new. And you're like, oh, my gosh, got to talk about four players. Dave did all the back-end work on that stuff. But uh, So, yeah, very good. By the way, we have 115 people right now watching live. We ask that you do us a huge favor, and it doesn't take anything, that no monetary value. You like the show. Just do it right now. Close the live chat. Hit the thumbs up. Go right back to the live chat. If you do that right now, you'll be back in the live chat before I'm done with my spiel. So like the videos. We appreciate all the support. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet, and set up your notifications that you always are notified whenever we go live. Yes, Dave, you want to say something? Oh, I was going to say, just so you know, because I know some people are like, oh, there's only so many likes Unless you close out YouTube and open it back up, it doesn't update the likes for you. If you're the ah. fifth person to like it, it's going to say five likes. Right now, when you were saying that, I closed it and reopened it, and we had 42. I'll do it again in a couple minutes and see if it gets higher. And you know what? Uh, when you said yeah. that yesterday during the standard is the standard when I was uh, viewing and Dave wasn't, um, I did the exactly what you asked me to. I It took me a millisecond. Boom. Hit like I'm back in. Yep. Very good. And we appreciate that. We really do. 
Let's get to this preview, shall we? The defensive backs, the safeties, and the def- in the cornerbacks. So let's go cornerbacks first. Let's go with Joe Hayden, Stephen Nelson, Cam Sutton, Mike Hilton, Justin Lane. Am I forgetting anyone? On the that of anyone of note, I, mean, I know that Brian's going to bring out some name. <laughs> is Frank Webb a defensive back? I, I can't remember. <laughs> Frank Webb lives. <laughs> oh, I've got to say, Frank Webb really can do Frank, it all. Is it really Frank Webb? It's Ralph Webb. Oh, Jeff. Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> you have been doing this for fifteen months now, <laughs> Ralph. I Webb. and I've convinced. I've mentally convinced myself his name is Frank. Um, so, are there any other? <laughs> We have people in the live chat that are convinced now. <laughs> are there any other cornerbacks? Everyone's saying like Dangerfield, Marcus, and we're not talking about safeties right now, just cornerbacks. We're going to get to safeties in a second. Am I forgetting any cornerbacks of note? Of name? Um, no. Of note. No, though they've added some other guys. I'm trying to remember when they did their futures. I'm trying to check on it now if there was any that was on there. Um, yeah, Alexander, is it Myers? M Y R E S. He was on the practice squad for at least part of the season last year. Yes. That was the only guy originally signed to a futures deal. I know they've added some sense between the XFL and even some others, but no one that really contributed that we would know of note. Okay, well, let's talk about the cornerbacks of note, the ones that I mentioned at the at the top of the segment. Guys, how's your confidence level with these cornerbacks? I mean, Steven Nelson... Turned out to be one heck of a pickup. Joe Hayden had a Pro Bowl year. I think Steve Nelson could potentially be a Pro Bowler next year and maybe even better if he gets his hands on some more footballs. I uh, only had one interception last year. But what about the depth? You have Mike Hilton in the slot. We know Cam Sutton has kind of carved out his own niche with a dime. And we don't know what Justin Lane is other than a gunner on special teams. Brian, what's your confidence level with the cornerbacks on the Steelers roster? I'm very confident in these guys. I still love Joe Hayden. What a year he had last year. He got paid and still showed up. And in fact, the last eight games of the season were even better than the first eight games for Joe Hayden. We saw what we saw in in Steven Nelson. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. The reason we don't know about Justin Lane, we didn't have to know about Justin Lane. We know him as a special teamer. And thank goodness, that's all we knew of him. I think he has great potential based on last year's uh, when they drafted him. I really like this guy. But the fact that he did not have to play was a win. He got a whole lot of experience, and he's ready to go when there's an opportunity. And hopefully there's not an opportunity this year. If you have no opportunities for those young guys and they finally get a chance to get in in year three or four, then that's that's great. That's a great position to be in. As far as Hilton, we know what we have in Mike Hilton. You have, you have very solid corners on that team. And uh, those guys that I mentioned, I didn't mention Cam Sutton. That's a guy going into his fourth year. And like you said, he's your nickel guy. He's you know helping out on the slot too. That's a guy that uh, I'm really excited about as well. I think this is the deepest corner group that they've had in a long time. And it's not just based on potential because we've seen good things out of four of those five guys. And once again, the only reason we haven't seen anything out of of, uh, the Michigan State or Lane is because we didn't have to. And maybe you all know this, and I think I remember when they drafted Justin Lane out of Michigan State last year, did they say that he can play inside and outside, or is he strictly an outside cornerback? Anyone remember? I thought he was just outside. I could have swore they said he had some experience playing inside 
I think that matters. I think it matters think so a lot. Too, Jeff. If he can play inside as well, well, my gosh, now you have if he's a if he's a decent inside slot cornerback, you've got a lot of quality depth at almost every position. Because we know Cam Sutton can play both. We know Mike Hilton is I thought he had a, I thought he had a redemption season last year. He didn't play well in 2018. I thought he stepped it up in 2019. And we know that their starting cornerbacks, in my opinion, are two of the best cornerbacks in the National Football League, one of the best tandems in the NFL. And I can't think, I mean, people want to talk about a bunch of other, like, um, who are the San Francisco 49ers with Sherman. And people can say, I'm not saying they're the best. I think they're one of the best. Dave, what are your thoughts on the cornerbacks? Really like what, what we have. Um, a couple weeks ago when Jeffrey Benedict was on Stat Geek, he's, he's saying Mike Hilton did well last year because they had to cover for him a lot, that he does have some inadequacies that he doesn't mm. like with him. Um, that that a lot of the times they were having to put, you know, Fitz. He benefited a lot from Minka Fitzpatrick being over the top, but that allowed them to. To, I'm like, yeah, that's true. But at the same time, you're allowing Mike Hilton to play to his strengths, which is what you're ultimately want to do with your players. Yep. Let them do what they're best at. I think between Hilton and Sutton, who could basically, I mean, he could play anywhere, including safety. I mean, he is your literal, literal defensive back can can go almost anywhere. I wouldn't I wouldn't put him at strong safety, but other than that, he's he's free reign in there. And Justin Lane last year was the perfect season for him. We talked about it after he was drafted. We said the best thing for this guy would be to not be forced into action. And he played zero defensive snaps last year, but he earned yeah. his spot his helmet at the end of the season by playing great on special teams. So we don't know what we have in him, but we do know that he's someone that can go out there and play teams really well. And that, to me, that just tells you you're a player. And I'm excited about it, and I hope those guys still don't get much of a chance to get on the field because that means that your main guys are healthy. Um, it's the most confidence you could have in the Steelers secondary in a long time. How funny is it that a great season for a rookie encompasses zero defensive snaps? <laughs> yeah. We're all like, what a great year. I mean, it was a great year. Well, well, we knew great. he was raw. We knew he was very athletic, <laughs> yeah, but very yeah, yeah. raw, and he really needed to learn. And he wasn't forced into a bad situation because sometimes that could ruin a guy. So you yeah. know he wasn't ruined by having to play too early, which was fantastic. You're right. But look at all the experience he is getting in oh, yeah. every yeah. day in practice. Absolutely. And, you know, you're he's still learning. Um you know, from great players. Uh, I, I want to ask you guys a question about the cornerbacks in a second, but first Anthony Johnson, put $5 in the tip jar, Anthony, I know you've a couple guys in the live chat have already answered some of your questions. He said, hello fathers. Sorry if this has been asked already, but do you guys think Switz makes the roster and or Mark Barron? Well, we know Mark Barron has been released. Well, to, for due to he, he did another super chat. He did another. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. Um, I it up there. He gave another one. <laughs> Dang, yeah. Man. Yeah. Um, all right. Here he goes. Anthony Johnson gives another $5. <laughs> he says, I'm an idiot. Apparently, Baron got cut. <laughs> you know Hashtag what? True Steeler fan. That's what he no, no, not Seattle only, has two losses. I don't love that he made the comment. I, I don't love that he made the comment. I love that he paid another $5 <laughs> yeah. to make the comment. I love Kudos to Anthony. I love it. <laughs> I felt like I owed it to him. <laughs> um we think switz switzer is going to make the team right anyone disagree i mean he's ben's boy and ben, you know that carries the run, weight uh, receiver so we'll see if they, if they draft one it's going to be tough 
You know yeah. what? I took some I took some heck the other day on one of the shows that I was on. I'm not sure which one, but it was in the BTSC platform for saying that Switzer is a weapon. And Switzer is actually a weapon when he's with Ben because Ben will find him and find ways to find him. And if you have other guys running around and he could find Switzer, you know, for a first down or in the end zone, he could okay. be he could be useful to this team because Ben thinks he's useful. So if he's there, Ben's going to try to find him. I but he, don't. I guess no. If it's, you're, hey, you're, if it's third and one, Ben will send him on a two-yard route, and he will get no yards after the catch. But it'll at least be <laughs> first down. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm fine. I'm fine if Switzer makes the team, but it's who doesn't make the team. You know what I mean? Who doesn't make the team? So. Barry Switzer has been. <laughs> I tell you what, lives. Frank <laughs> Webb lives needs you to put a picture up username. because he needs to put a picture up there because I think he's hilarious. <laughs> it's going to be a it's going to be a picture of Ralph Webb. That's what it should be. Oh, it was on Lance's show. Frank That's Webb. because I remember he uh, he gave me hell about it too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Quick question about the defensive backs before we go over to safety now. Do you how much do you think maybe a changing of coaches has helped? Because obviously they bring in Bradley after they give it a lake, and then we all know. Um, correct me, come on, guys. I'm drawing a blank. The other defensive back Terrell coach. Austin. Yes, they bring in Terrell Austin. How big of a deal is that in your opinion, or do you just think they're getting better players? Uh, but it certainly seems like the defensive backs have been playing better under this group compared to pass groups uh some might say it gets broken down even as much as now keith butler is scheming the linebackers and not having to worry about the back end as much thoughts on that dave um cause and effect are the are, are the players better because of better coaches or the coaches looking good because they got better players i mean adding steven nelson was huge and we didn't even know it so it's how much can you credit they, that to the, the coach Steelers versus the knew player? it because it's the hard. Steelers knew it. Yeah. Because they paid they him. Went out day one again. Um so I don't know. It's probably the best answer is probably it's it's the combination of the right players with the right coaches. It's probably your real answer. And I hope that's not a Dave answer, but <laughs> it, it, it's true. It's that it's that they got the right players and the right coaches for those players, and it's all coming together, and they're not relying on a linebacker's coach to coordinate all of the secondary there's they're they're doing a good job with having other coaches to help with those, you know, with, with that aspect of the game. So I'm, but, Hey, I don't right. care how it works. It's working. And I, I say, that's right. yeah. you know, what I'm thinking here is the fact that it's a lot about the coaches. Of course, all the players have talent, but you know, you've seen in, in high school situations that a lot, a lot of high schools, have the same type of talent. It's who's putting the talent together. The only reason I bring that up about the coaches and talent is Bud Dupree. He's not a defensive back. I know he's not, but a coaching change really changed his, his play in 2019. That's with Joey point. Porter, not being there um, with Butler helping out. Uh, he was free to unleash and he really did. He had a great season. He got that contract because of it. Um, he would have not gotten that type of money elsewhere um, if a poor performance, if it was another six-sack season. He just wouldn't have. 
he would have gotten a contract, but not quite like that. So you look at the same situation, Carnell Lake, year after year, that was a suspect group. And when they uh, when they changed it over, and you have Terrell Austin, who was a defensive coordinator at the NFL level, um, taking care of those guys, they they just they just changed the culture a little bit. They made some tweaks. So what happens with a good coach? It makes good players greater. It makes average players good above average. That's so a good coach helps out every single time. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Um, I got a little distracted there because the live chat, I love our live chat. I really do. It's, it's a <laughs> yeah. fun place. It's Anthony I John, the, I Anthony saw you John laughing though. The, he puts another five dollars in the tip jar. <laughs> His total is at fifteen dollars tonight. Appreciate the analysis and entertainment, guys. Stay safe and wish you well in this COVID in this COVID situation. But the best part is, is these responses. To yes. Him. So it's like, <laughs> um, Mike O'Malley, AJ spending that COVID check. Dennis, Anthony Johnson spending all his relief money in the chat. <laughs> Scott Hudson, I think Anthony Johnson got his stimulus check. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we love you, Anthony. Welcome to the show. Oh my gosh. Absolutely, man. <laughs> you have to be able to laugh at yourself. You have to be able to laugh at yourself. And no one can say that more than Brian Anthony Davis. Exactly. He has lived through 2 a.m. stories, through the the touchdown zone, um, the Seattle Yeti girlfriend. Uh, Seattle, Seattle has two has losses. Two losses. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up here with the safeties. We have Minka Fitzpatrick, we have Terrell Edmonds, we have Jordan Dangerfield, Marcus Allen, a couple other no-namers. Guys, I am not that stoked about the safeties. I, th- I love our starting tandem, even Terrell Edmonds. I, I-, I know I've been bat- I've been bashing him a little bit the past few weeks, but he could he could pan out. He's so young. Um, no one's going to say anything bad about Minka Fitzpatrick unless they're not that intelligent. What about the depth, though? I mean, seriously, it's bad. Brian, what are your thoughts? What depth? I mean, you're exactly. going from Marcus Allen and Rodney Dangerfield. And uh, there you go. He gets no respect because no one knows that his name is Jordan. The only thing they know about him, he has two great names. He has a great surname in Jordan for his first name because of Michael Jordan. Rodney Dangerfield, an absolute legend. That's the best part about this guy's play, his name. Um, he's... He's the 53rd man on the roster is really what he is. And he's depth. If they find better depth, then he is going to, uh, if they find somebody in the draft or somebody falls in their lap, he's not going to be there. He is your up man on the punt team. That's who he is, which is a key role, but that's really his job. And his job is to step in in case of emergency. And he's not terrible. He was, he's much more serviceable than, other options the Steelers have had in the past, but he's never a guy that's going to a lot of times for your depth, you want to have somebody who could eventually be pushing, you know, you want to get them on the field. That's not him. You don't want him to be on the field for defense, but if you have to put him out there, you will. Marcus Allen's one of those guys that Steeler fans wanted, wanted to have were ecstatic. They drafted him out of Penn state. And then he went from being on the 53 man roster, but, only active for one game his rookie year to on the practice squad his second year and was brought up at the end when they got rid of Cam Kelly. So as much as Sealer fans would love to see him do well, me being one of them. Me too. We just haven't seen that. So you can't trust it. So safety depth is a 
big concern. So much so that I right now think that if you're going dime, you're not putting another quote unquote safety out there. I think you're putting Cam Sutton out there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I don't know. It's you know what? Point. This is this is something you may see next week. You might see two safeties taken. One maybe with the third or fourth, one with the seventh. You could you could see well, that as a possibility. Here's the other thing. There's another popular guy with Steeler fans out there in like the fifth or sixth. I can't be fifth round. They don't have a fifth round pick in the sixth round that I snagged in some of my fantasy drafts because because people asked me, and that is the safety from Clemson, Tanner, Tanner Muse, who is listed as a safety, but really he's going to be an inside linebacker. You know, he he's a hybrid, hybrid guy. player, Tanner. Yeah. So, but that's say? Yeah. I said Taylor, and I think you said yeah, Taylor. I think you both said yeah. Taylor. Okay, I thought maybe I messed it up. Looks like a Taylor. We'll say that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Jeff just made him so, Taylor Muse. That's his new name. So Jeff said it's so. funny because if, if they draft him at another draft. linebacker, you know he's a safety. <laughs> if you draft him at another safety, you know he's a linebacker. So sorry, yeah. I missed Jeff's laughing. It's okay. Isaac puts two dollars mm-hmm. in the tip. Says, "Who the heck gave a dislike? Get the heck out of here!" And then. <laughs> So Donald, I'm the Nolan, dislike uh, magnet. I think Donald <laughs> Nolan. Now all of our shows get like two. Donald Nolan says, "I bet Lance gave the dislike." Always, <laughs> that's right. He is the hater. He is the hater of the group. So, um, uh, all right, defensive back. We have realized that safety is going to be a need in this upcoming draft. Defensive back is in cornerbacks, probably not. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm putting on my imaginary dunce cap because I'm the idiot of the group, and we are going to do some trivia. Deputy Dave, are you ready? Oh, yeah. Mine's easy tonight because it's more yes. of a discussion point because it's a lot of fun. Ooh, Brian, okay. don't just start going off on random things other than this because then you'll take out the rest, the rest of my questions. You All know, right, just you to say me. you All know right. more about what's going on. But okay, I didn't go secondary. I'll, I'll be quiet. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't go secondary. I just went with fun. It was funny because sometimes I like to focus on specific plays that really stand out in my mind on stat geek. I brought it up to my brother about, I remember sitting in his apartment watching the super bowl and, and watching the, um, the Tennessee Titans come up one yard short. And I asked him on the show, if you remembered who was the inside linebacker who made that tight, who made that tackle to win the super bowl. And you guys don't watch my show. So you don't know the answer to that question. do you? <laughs> no, but I, I know the answer. It's Yes. Brian, uh, when am I allowed to answer? Is it okay? Oh, you can answer now because this okay, isn't even I, a question. I, Go ahead. Okay, didn't he end up in Pittsburgh? Wasn't it Mike Johnson? It was Mike Jones. Mike Jones. Mm. Okay. Yes. Mike Jones, and I think he yeah. ended up in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Well, he was. It's it's crazy because he. I watched that play again. They're like, why would they throw short? I tell you, he, he had the angle and he made an amazing play. But anyway, that just got me thinking. Do you got? Could you guys answer? What is the fastest the Pittsburgh Steelers have ever scored in a game? What's the fastest that they ever scored in a game? Would it be um, when Antonio Brown returned a kickoff for a touchdown against Tennessee? 
that would not be that's a good guess that i mean was that the opening kickoff i'm trying to remember i'm pretty sure it was well, I also know another how would, one. How would it? No, how would you ever have it faster? <laughs> it was a reverse. No, no, it was a reverse. Wrong. Okay, all right. Wrong. No, well, because you could also think about well, um, once again, again, it was against Tennessee that you had in 2002, Tommy Maddox to Heinz Ward, but that was the first. Oh, was it play the, after was it the safety? Was it the safety on the opening that, kickoff? That's against your play. Tennessee. Three that was in 2006. In. No, 2000 yeah. and. Oh, it's wasn't been it much off closer as, than wasn't that. Wasn't it really? That was, that was 2013. Oh, my, that was wrong. 2013. Not only was that the fastest score of a game, that was the fastest score in a season because it mm. was their opening game season. In 2013 <laughs> at Heinz Field, ball comes down. He doesn't let it get into the end zone, picks it up, steps back, takes a knee. Safety three seconds into the game, faster than anything else. But then I got to thinking about that game. The Steelers get the ball on, on the kick. Antonio Brown returns it. Eight plays later, they get to the red zone. And one of the worst plays of the season happens where Marquise Pouncey goes out. Pouncey gets, yeah. Who, who took out Marquise Pouncey's knee? David DeCastro. <laughs> Most people think it was a Tennessee guy. It was David DeCastro. No. But that's not my real question. My ultimate question is, who played center for the rest of that game? I was going to say Fernando Velasco, but he wasn't on the team yet, was he? He was not. They picked him up that week, and he started the rest of the season. So who Cody Wallace? The rest of that game. It was not Cody Wallace. Not the proctologist. Um... It wasn't James Harrison, I hope. <laughs> how, about, how about Doug Ligurski? Nope. That's a good guess. Ligurski's a good guess, but that's not it. Ligurski I don't know. Be gone by that. Someone said J.C. Hasnauer. <laughs> He's probably in high school. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. It was one Calvin Beecham. Oh, that's right. He came in. He was he awful. Was the, his he, his shotgun snaps were poor. No, they couldn't get. Well, not only that. Well, he was um, he was Zach Banner. He was the extra yeah. tight end for that game, and he had played like I think out of those eight snaps where Pouncey was in the game, I he played at least three, if not four, of them because he was in it as an extra tight end because because he wasn't starting yet at left tackle. Do you know who was starting at left tackle? Gosh, it wasn't Mike Adams, was it? Yes, it was. It was Mike uh, Adams. The so just think of that. Oh, Marquise, Marquise Pouncey goes out when you're already having to start Mike Adams on the offensive line. And it was like, and it was David DeCastro's first opener because he was injured for almost his entire rookie year. It was just miserable. But it, it, it took a little bit for me to try to remember who came into center there, and it was Kelvin Beecham. There you go. All right, Brian, what's yours? Um, all right, here we go. So we're coming up on the draft. So I want to talk about a defensive back that was a number one pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers. However, they lost him the very next year in an expansion draft. What was his name? Hmm. Ooh. Expansion draft. Expansion so, draft. Trying to think which one. Um, um, 
I don't Bergeron. think it was the one with the Texans, was it? My my guess would be they did not, Panthers and Jaguars. The Steelers did not lose a player for in the Texans draft. That's why I said it wasn't that one because yeah. that was the that was the Tony. Wasn't Tony Baselli the first one taken by the Texans? I believe. So so would have been hmm. So you're saying it know. was a defensive back? They only had him one year, and they then had they lost one him? year. Hmm. And this player went on to make the other teams ring of honor. I have a feeling it's not. I feel we're going back way farther than the than the. We're Jackson going back Panthers. far. Yeah, okay. that's why I'm not I don't know. Is. Dick okay. Shiner. It was not Dick Shiner. <laughs> Greatest name ever. <laughs> Dick Shiner. <laughs> In 1975, yeah. the Steelers picked a defensive back out of Michigan with their number one pick, a corner, named Dave Brown. Dave Brown was on the uh, the Super Bowl ten team, and the, they left him unprotected because look at the depth that they had at corner at the time. And he went on to the Seattle Seahawks, played 10 years for the Seahawks, is in their ring of honor. He was that good of a player. Hmm. There you go. I did not know that. Did not know that. Is that all you got? That one question? That was my one question. That's all right. why I was late for the show. <laughs> totally. Yeah, <laughs> what <right>. expansion drafts? <laughs> well, I didn't know if you were going US. And it had to be Seattle, of course. You know, yeah, of course. that's that's what it had to be. <clears throat> all right. My back in the time when Seattle picked them, they had zero losses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I have two questions. We talked at the beginning of the show about best case scenario, and I mentioned that they can get playmakers, skill position players. So I'm talking about running backs, wide receivers. Easy question, in my opinion. You should know this. Everyone that's listening, unless you weren't alive, should know this. Who was the last wide receiver the Pittsburgh Steelers took in the first round? What year was he drafted, and who was it? Uh, you cut out. Can you say that again, real quick? I said, "Who was the last, last wide receiver the Steelers took in the first round? Who was it? In what year was he drafted?" I I know who it was. I think we had this recently, didn't we? Didn't Dave have this? Is the question? It was. He should know it. Then. I don't know, it was Saint, it was Saint Antonio Saint, Holmes. Saint Antonio Holmes. I'm what? I'm just trying to remember what year he was drafted. It was 2006. Um, the year correct. after they won the Super Bowl. Right. And now. They, who was the last running back that they took in the first round? And what year was he drafted? 2008. You can take it, Dave. Richard Mendenhall. No. Yes. Wait. Yeah. I was going to say 2008. Yeah, that had to be the yeah. most recent one, right? Who okay. was, yeah, you're right. I, I went back. I was like, okay, yeah. what about after him? <laughs> so who was after him? The next would that have been Worley? You're right. Very good, Dave. What year was that? Tim Worley in what year? Oh, that was... Or that like that was eight no eighty. Um maybe maybe it was. It was in the eighties. It was in the eighties. No, it what's that? It was in the eighties. It was? Yeah, it was I'll go say eighty seven was gonna be my guess, but Brian. Can I steal? Sure. Yeah. Eighty nine. That is and correct. The guys Hurley. drafted ahead of him. I knew yeah. Were Deion Sanders, Barry Sanders, <laughs> Roderick Thomas, Derek Thomas, Troy Aikman. <laughs> And then at number seven comes the Tim Worley. (laughs) (laughs) 
All righty. So uh, there you go. There's our trivia. There's our Steelers preview show. If you're fresh to this show, we have 120 people still watching on YouTube. Stick around. Literally in five minutes, we're going to be back with the after party. The headline for that is the best Steelers teams to not win a Super Bowl. I asked this question on Twitter. It went crazy. Had like somewhere over 200 responses. I'm curious what you all think. So join us for that as well as some other off the wall topics in the after party. Thank you for watching. Make sure you mark your calendars next Thursday. We will be watch party time, watching the NFL draft round one together here on our YouTube channel. So make sure you check us out. Make sure you like the channel, subscribe. We'll see you in a bit.